This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome in to Daily Faceoff Live, your go-to source for everything hockey. Live every weekday at noon Eastern. Happy Monday, hockey fans, and welcome in to Daily Faceoff Live, streaming live on the Daily Faceoff YouTube. And as always, brought to you by Batano. The game starts now at batano.ca. I'm Tyler Remchuk, and I am in Frank Saravalli's studio in the basement. What an honor, Frank. Is it? Yeah, I mean, kind of. It's an cool, iconic Cooler setup. than you thought, or? Uh, yeah, it is pretty cool. You have a lot of stuff just, like, set up perfectly on lights and everything. It's a very uh, high-tech thing. I also really enjoy to give people the behind-the-scenes look. You have a wall of press passes here that is mm. very, very cool. Yeah, and some sign sticks over there. But these are things that the camera never sees. You got to come and experience it in person in Philly. We had a great U.S. Thanksgiving, yeah. your first taste of Thanksgiving here in the U.S., and a little Bill's Eagles yesterday. 10 and 1 Eagles. Uh, you had to bring it up. Yeah. You had to bring it up. And now I'm sitting here wearing Eagles colors on a Monday morning hey. as well, which is just insane. We aim to convert. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's get into the hockey talk here, Frank. We got a ton to get through today on the show. And then John Goins is going to stop by for the big segment. But no story this weekend dominated the headlines more than Corey Perry's absence in Chicago. Let me just start with a basic one for you. What do we know? Not a lot. That's the real answer here. And the Chicago Blackhawks have said that he's going to be out for the quote foreseeable future. And I think really what we're left to glean here, as they said and made it quite clear over the weekend that this is a team decision is that this is some kind of disciplinary action that the Chicago Blackhawks are taking. We don't know what happened. There's been lots of whispers and innuendo and, and rumors. I haven't gotten anywhere near close enough yet. Uh, from a reporting standpoint, to report anything factual. Um, so we don't know what it is. But when a team makes a team decision to hold the player out, and also Corey Perry saying that he's taking time away for personal reasons, I saw a lot of people over the weekend saying, 
wow, these two sides don't really seem like they're on the same page. And just think about it. Like there can be concentric circles that are going on at the same time that makes both of those things true without still having much more information. The other thing that I don't know if it complicates it, but it definitely adds more spotlight onto it is that it's the Chicago Blackhawks, right? I mean, they went through the Kyle Beach thing. This is an organization that I don't know if credibility is the right word, but they don't have a lot of goodwill with hockey fans. And I think it's important for them to kind of get this right. And I think that's why there is more scrutiny on the whole, oh, their statements don't line up. Yeah, but think about it like, so you just drew that line that mm. a lot of people now are saying, well, what does this mean? Yeah. And I don't think, you know, I don't think these situations are related at all, at least as far as I can tell. And yet we're in a spot where put yourself in the shoes of, of Danny Wirtz, the Blackhawks, you know, president and CEO now who takes over for his dad who died suddenly Rocky Wirtz over the summer and all that they've been through. You'd have to think that the Chicago Blackhawks are on full alert anytime something comes across their plate that might make them slightly uncomfortable. Again, we don't know what this is. Was this a, a missed curfew violation? Was this, you know, was there alcohol involved? Like I, there's really no clarity and I don't know what they can or can't say. Maybe they're being limited here, yeah. but the point is the Chicago Blackhawks certainly aren't going to let anything slip through the cracks here as, as they should. And um, it just creates a really awkward scene for everyone around it. Yeah, we heard Luke Richardson just kind of say he wasn't going to get into it at the Blackhawks skate the other day. Um, so just to wrap this topic up here, Frank, no word on when the next little bit of news is coming, right? Like, it's just Corey Perry's going to stay away for a while. Yeah, and I, I'd expect something, though, you know, I don't want to say sooner rather than later because I'm sure there's a lot of stuff to go through. But my big question that I'm left with as a reporter is, what's the end game of the Chicago Blackhawks yeah. here? And that's the part we don't have an answer on. And maybe, maybe we'll get some news on that throughout the week. One of the more stunning results from the weekend in the NHL. How about the San Jose Sharks going and beating the Vancouver Canucks? For the Canucks, they're now 5-5 five and five in their last 10 games. And there's really no reason to be concerned about where this Canucks team will go over the next number of weeks. I mean, even if they were to just go 500 through their final 60 games, they would be ending the season as an 89-point team. But Frank, where there maybe is some worry in the short term, it's just the injuries and more specifically the fact that it's injuries on the blue line that seem to be racking up a little bit here. Yeah, they really are. And like you, you take a look at the spot that they're in already missing Carson Soucy. Yeah. And then last week, Tyler Myers goes down and Mark Friedman goes down and all of a sudden you're playing with guys in your lineup. You see Noah Juleson here on our daily faceoff.com lineups. Um, he's he's in the mix and that's yeah. a guy that had played a ton of games last year that probably shouldn't have and ethan bear played a lot of games last year and they were relying on depth guys and one of the biggest changes that the canucks made over the summer was they beefed up their blue line and that to me yeah you can talk about thatcher demko and his vez in a season and how ridiculously good quinn hughes and elias Pettersson have been yeah. all in different trophy conversations the real truth and i think the backbone of the Canucks success so far this season has been their reshaped blue line with Ian Cole and a full season from Philip Aronik and Carson Soucy was supposed to be there and be healthy. And so you've, you've changed out those pieces and they grabbed Friedman off of waivers that has made a big difference to this team. And when they're short mm -hmm. and they have to go back to relying on those guys that previously were fringe guys that shouldn't have been playing as much as they did. Well, you're going to see a market down tick in the in the standings yeah. for the Canucks and so 
they need more support. They need more help. They've been active on that front in trying to trade for some, um, but they're not there yet. And I think a lot of people were wondering sort of late last week with the sort of repeated injuries and how banged up guys have been, does this heighten their call to then go get more help defensively? Yeah, I think the easy line to kind of draw whenever you hear a team needs a team hand right now, it's the Calgary Flames, right? Just because it's Zadorov and it's Hannafin and it's it's Chris Tanev. But making trades in November, December is tough, Frank. It is. And I also think the Calgary Flames have played so much better these last two to three weeks that there's now sitting here saying, well, is it too early to completely cut the legs off of our season and begin trading? The answer to that is yes, for a couple of reasons. One, no one has really stepped up and done anything more than tire kicking to my knowledge. And two, I think the flames don't want to be in a spot where they, you know, for, you know, make a trade now and then help set the market. And then you come to March 8th and the trade deadline and find out that they maybe didn't get enough for these guys, especially with some additional term and service left this season that it makes it, it makes it hard to execute something right now. Let's stay in Western Canada here for our third topic. The Edmonton Oilers dumped the Anaheim ducks last night at Rogers place and eight, to victory. It comes after the Oilers shut out the Washington Capitals. 5 nothing. You'll notice a 0 and a 2 in the goals against column. That is very good news for the Edmonton Oilers. It's also great to see that their power play, Frank, is finally starting to find its legs after Leon Dreisettle. Um, Well, he said it after the game against Washington. He called everyone on that power play when they were on the road. Sent him a text. Yeah, sent him a text. Said, let's meet up. Let's figure this stuff out because the Oilers' power play was not looking like its historically dominant self. Um, And now it's just humming along and the Oilers appear to be finding their groove a little bit. The question at the bottom of the screen, are the Oilers back? I think they are. And you don't want to say too definitively, you know, if we're talking on a scale of one to 10, I probably give it a seven in my confidence rating that the Oilers are back, but Connor McDavid, nine points in his last two games going from 56 to 16th in league scoring over the weekend. Yeah. This is a three day stretch that he, you know, he's suddenly back to life and the power play is clicking again. And so all of a sudden you see this and you go, Ooh, maybe they can outrun some of the mistakes that they have defensively. Maybe they can outscore some of the pucks that have been going in the back of their net. I wanted to talk Oilers today because we've hammered them the last number of weeks to start the season. And rightfully so, But when you have a weekend this good and you do it on two different sides of the continent and you do it against the Washington Capitals penalty kill, that was really good this season. And on a 96% run, you're probably in pretty good shape and you've earned some confidence to now get back into this race with what's a really mushy middle in the standings out West. Because I look at it and I see the top three teams in the Central and Pacific. You can probably write those teams in with Sharpie, like those six teams are making it. The two wildcard teams, it's wide open. And I don't see any issue in which the Oilers are going to have trouble leapfrogging the Kraken and the Blues and the Preds and some of these other teams that are in it, but not really. And also in it and on pace for historic lows. Quickly, you mentioned Connor McDavid um, a week ago, last Sunday. He was 108th in scoring and now wakes up this morning tied for 13th i got a piece coming out at oilers nation where i said the biggest reason to believe the oilers can get back in the playoff mix has nothing to do with the team it has everything to do with a painfully average western conference the seattle kraken holding on to that eighth spot frank are on pace for 78 
points. And again, you but this day last year, they were also on pace for 79 yeah, and they got hot. And yeah. Someone will so get hot so that, the number is going to go up. Yeah. The, the, the playoff pace is certainly not going to be below 90 points. If that's what you're thinking about, you're dreaming. I'm not saying you, but if yeah, you're yeah. an Oiler fan and you're sitting out there going, Oh, we are only going to need 84 this year to get in. Like not the case. So the Oilers big improvement. Let's see if they can make it a week long thing instead of just a two game thing. Cause we got a little bit of a false start with that, you know, right around the time that they made the coaching change. They got the, before Jay Woodcroft was let go his last game against the Kraken. you're thinking, okay, that's a step in the right direction. Yep. Then they went on home ice and dry had four points in the first game for Chris Knobloch. And you're like, huh, maybe they're kind of getting it. And then the wheels fell off again. Next up for the Oilers, a big matchup against the Vegas Golden Knights on Tuesday night. Let's move along and play our Monday game, Frank. It is fair or foul. I got three statements lined up, and I want you to tell me if they are fair or foul. Let's start with Jacob Truba, who was given a $5,000 fine by the NHL Department of Player Safety for this play on Trent Frederick. Now, I know some people might say it was accidental. I would say you need to watch where your stick is going, and it was maybe not that accidental. I think a $5,000 fine was not nearly enough, fair or foul. Fair. This should have been an easy one-game suspension. I We saw the one from Evgeny Malkin. Uh, you can't begin to get inside a player's head, and the point with the Department of Player Safety, the point they make with hits all the time is, well, I didn't mean to do that. And it's like, well, yeah, I didn't mean to go through a stop sign and kill you either, but... <laughs> there's a thing called manslaughter for a reason. Like mm. you didn't go into it intending to smash someone in the head. You're with responsible your stick. for your actions. A hundred percent. And if you're going to swing your stick that wildly, even if you're going backwards, mm -hmm. we've all, you know, been around the rink long enough to know that Jacob Truba has some control and the ability to avoid that 5,000 bucks weak, weak, very weak. Um, the New York Rangers, though, Frank, they are not just, weak. Yeah, not weak at all. I asked you and Jason Greger this question on a new episode of the DFO Rundown today. You labeling these guys Stanley Cup favorites. Is that fair or foul? Foul. Oh, um, they are a true Stanley Cup contender. They'd be on my list of five, six, seven teams wherever I'd draw the line. Mm -hmm. But I can't say with any degree of certainty. And I I'm, can't wait to dive into how they play with John Goyans in a minute and mm -hmm. in the coaches room. But. For me, I can't say with any degree of certainty that they're better than the Rangers or sorry, better than the Bruins or better than the Panthers. I mean, look at where Florida is at. Look at their defense and how different it looks with Ekblad and Montour now healthy. Their offense has torn it up all season long with Sam Reinhart. He's been a beast and Matthew Kachuk and they went to the cup final last year and the Bruins, they don't lose. So, I mean, you tell me, like I'm looking at the Bruins going, why are they not the best, the top cup contender in the East with their goaltending that they've had all season long? Let's go out West. The Minnesota Wild, Frank, they are just sputtering along right now. Really, really struggling now. Five and 10 on the year. Fair or foul, the Minnesota Wild will be the next team to make a coaching change. The well, tough one. it's tough because I saw Michael Russo's report today saying that the hot seat is boiling or oh, Dean Evans in a row or whatever. Like, yeah, yeah, but then I was in Sweden with that team last week and I listened to Bill Guerin rave about how he thinks Dean Evison is a good coach. Mm -hmm. That didn't really strike me then as a team that was going to make a, a coaching change. Things evolve at some point. You're backed into a corner and have to make tough decisions. 
but I think that they'd be more likely to make a trade before they made a coaching change. Okay. Um, just sticking with the wild here for a quick follow-up. Is there anyone that needs to get mo going more than the guy you see pictured on your screen right now, Kirill Kaprizov? Probably not. I mean, he's, I on, the whole league, he's talking, on track yeah. for 27 goals. And he scored at a 40-goal pace his rookie year, shortened season, next year 47 and then missed a bunch of games last year, but still scored at a 49-goal pace. So 40, 47, 49, and then now you're down to 27 this year. Not good. And more than that, it's just an eye test thing for me. He's not controlling yeah. and dominating the game in the way that Kirill Kaprizov first did when he broke into the league. I had predicted for that third year, this guy is, is going to win a Hart Trophy, and he hasn't been close to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, just finally, one more for you. We'll head back out east, Frank. We talked about the Washington Capitals losing 5 nothing to the Edmonton Oilers. They're starting to slide a little bit here over their last couple of games, but still 7-2-1 in their last 10. Temperature check on the Capitals. I'm going to say they won't be a playoff team this year. They haven't done enough to convince me. They're starting to come back down to earth. You still a believer in the Caps? No, I was never really ah. a believer in the Caps, so I'm going to say foul. Uh, is that right? Foul? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think yeah. it's foul. Even Jeremiah, our resident Cavs fan, says, wait, the Capitals are good now. Let's wait and see when they play a good team in the West. I think there are some tougher tests coming for Washington, and I don't think they have the horses to pass those tests. Yeah, I, I think more than that, too, I look at their goal differential, and I'm like, oh, that's the only negative one of teams that are right around that mix. The Pittsburgh Penguins, for instance, 10 and 10, a bit behind the Caps, uh, even though the Caps have three games in hand already over the pens and I'm looking at it going if I'm still playing the odds I'm saying that the pens are probably going to have a much better chance yeah I think I would uh, tend to agree with you let's move along get to our big segment he's roaring and ready to go John Goyance with the coaches room the coaches room as always is delivered by DoorDash where for a limited time our Canadian listeners can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when they download the DoorDash app and use the promo code NATION25. Dash that for the win and make DoorDash your holiday hack this holiday season. Always a pleasure to welcome in John Goyens for a new edition of The Coach's Room. And, oh, yeah, it threw me off for a second there that we're in the two box next to each other here with John. But, uh, John, let's dig into neutral zone tactics. And whenever I say neutral zone tactics, and I know we're going to talk about the one three one. I think about that epic standoff 12 years ago between Philly and Tampa Bay when they just stood there for a, I was at a that game. minute. You were at that game covering it, right? Yeah, it was yeah. wild and bizarre to see. And no one was happy. And then I think we went to the next GM meetings and everyone's like, hey, you got to call a penalty. And it was like, if you're not advancing the puck, that's it. Boy, that would have been insane. Uh, but John, we're going to roll the clip here. Take us through what's happening here and, and why this moment stands out to you. Yeah, well, at that time, the big thing was neutral zone traps and one two twos or a one four, and then Guy Boucher gets to Tampa, and he was big on one three one in in a lot of ways offensively as well. But he had this really passive one three one, where basically nobody went past the offensive blue line and said, "You got to come to us." And then they'd be three across the red line, and they were just like, "We're gonna force you to dump it in." And and Philly was like, "Forget this." Peter Laviolette's like. Forget these guys. We're not going to move the puck. Well, side note, fast forward 12 years later and three teams in a row, Peter Laviolette actually plays the 1-3-1 but with the Rangers, with Washington, and also with uh, Nashville. So it's a strategy. There's different versions of it. 
with pressure or no pressure. It could really shut down and force teams to have to dump pucks and be last to the puck because you have a guy hanging way, way back. Um, but there are teams that uh, have started applying it in different ways, and L.A. is just doing a masterful, masterful job this year at uh, rolling this out. Yeah, Todd McClellan's team has been really disciplined with that, John. And so when you take a look at what makes the Kings really good at it, what are the key elements to a 1-3-1 and how does it connect all five players? Well, I think before we even roll the film, it's just it's just a you got to be disciplined. You got to be disciplined. You got to like the moment one guy decides, "No, I'm going to be a little cute and I'm going to run or hunt after pucks and I'm then you become disjointed and it's fractured, and you leave guys on their heels. Key thing is that nothing goes east-west through the neutral zone. Nothing goes through the middle. There are no zone entries through the middle of the ice. So that F1 is going to deflect everything to his left or his right, and that's where the aggressiveness is right in your face, forcing teams to relinquish possession, and you're you're basically denying possession entries. So let's let the film roll, and you'll see the breakdowns that I took from the last couple of games against Montreal Canadiens and Anaheim. And you see, again, that's a forward on the right side. So they play the right side lane as a forward. So he always steps up versus the left side. It's a D, and he could absorb. But I circle here, early commitment. The last two games, it's unbelievable. They do not chase. They're like, come to us. That's where the scoring happens, so we're not going to chase after you. And it also ignites their transition quite well. They are about seventh in the league for the most goals off the rush, and a good portion of them come from these plays because you relinquish, and then bang, you could see that F1 could then stretch the play as quickly as possible, and we'll get to those goals in the next grouping. But again, F1, what he's doing is he's funneling and, and he's deflecting everything out to one lane. You don't have the puck. But I like this. Their 1-3-1 continues on the breakout. So they have short options, middle options, stretch option. Everybody is connected through all three zones. Deny middle? Sure. Want to set up a guy for a hit? Sure. Take out Slavkovsky. Big hit, big hit, little chip. And look at that stopwatch go. Look at how quickly they are up the ice the moment they regain possession in their zone. All right, Montreal wants to go, hey, we're going to go set, regroup. We're going to fly at you at speed. No problem. Stay committed to your position. Absorb the hit. And look at the close support. Here's going to come in uh, Kopitar, little pass underneath. Gavrikov holds the middle. Bob's your uncle. You're out the zone. You're not spending any time in there. Everybody is connected. And again, here's your step up. Here's your middle guy surfing. It's pressure at all times. There's, they're just not giving up anything. The other part they've been really good at is when it doesn't leave the zone, they're already committed right away to the slot, and they're boxing out. But the moment they gain possession, and this will be another kind of box-out situation, but again, that commitment. Here's a reset. They reset. Here's your step up. Here's your surf. You got to put the puck in deep. There's pressure again. And again, the guys are all supported, but they all come back to the house. So it's connected right up and down the ice. Okay, so it's interesting. Again, we, when we think about the neutral zone and the clips we played there, a lot of preventing the other team from getting in. And you see the Kings have allowed the least amount of goals against in the Western Conference. But what they've also done is scored a lot. 
only the Anaheim or sorry, only the Vancouver Canucks have scored more than the LA Kings in terms of Western Conference teams. So how does this structure not just help on the defensive end, but spark offensive output as well? Well, I think just in t- before we let the film roll, I mean, I think the typical thing is when your team, a team is attacking, all five players are pointed in one direction. The way they deflect and push the offensive teams out to the outside, and then they hold the middle of the ice, the moment they regain possession, they're not afraid to fly a guy out the zone, but they also have five-foot little outlet passes here and there that can uh, relieve a lot of pressure, and they've done a really, really good job of, of doing that. And and lastly, I, I've kind of coined this term, Frank. Do you like it when I coin new terms? Yes. This tops a circle to tops a circle is an expansion of the neutral zone, and that's where all the speed happens in a game. You think about your racetrack. Tops a circle to tops a circle. I call that the transition zone, a.k.a. the speed zone. So straight away. It's there. Exactly. So they're taking it away from everybody else and shortening it. But because they shorten it and everybody's going in one direction, they've lengthened their racetrack to go the other way. So let's let those these three clips roll two against Arizona, one against Toronto, which is a masterful job right at the end of a PK. So again, Pressure off a line change, right? They're going to get that puck out of his stick. Arizona's on a line change. They're, you got five guys pretty low, but watch how quickly guys can get in motion, not lose any of that momentum. And again, stopwatch in under 10 seconds, recover a puck in the back of the net. Toronto clip. This is at the end of the PK. So they do a 1 3. So they're just missing one guy, right? Why change that identity? Same type of pressure, same type of look. Fiala comes back in the middle. Sure, he blows a tire. But again, look how quickly they're up the ice. And this is young England, who's not known for his offense. 7.76 seconds, bang, in the back of the net. And last but not least, one more time against Arizona. Why not? Get that puck off his stick. How tight they are and how quickly they're getting up ice. Byfield's up the ice. Anderson's up the ice. And again, it's a D, bang, jumping up. All five guys are just kind of interchangeable once that transition goes the offensive way. So to wrap, and and LA has been really consistent at this all season long, that also means, John, that it's probably going to be their identity and recipe for success when it comes to the playoffs. Can you win playing like this? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it's, I mean, people used to say 1-1-3, which Barry Trotz used in Washington, was anti-hockey and you can't win like that. Then he won and then a bunch of teams, you know, they won and then a bunch of teams copied. I think there's different triggers. um, There's different elements. But at the end of the day, it's a true buy-in and commitment. And you could honestly look at uh, Vegas 1 with a 1-2-2, right? So who's your personnel? buy-in, execution, you want to do a a 0-5, go for it. But at the end of the day, everybody's got to be on the same page to be successful. Fantastic stuff. As always, John, another excellent edition of The Coach's Room delivered by DoorDash. Remember that promo code up at the top of your screen. Our Canadian listeners, you can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on your first order of $15 or more when you use that bad boy. John, thanks for doing this. We'll chat again next Monday. Have a good one.
moving along to our daily face-off inbox question of the day hashtag ask dfo over in that daily face-off youtube where if you haven't hit the subscribe button you should be doing so already Match um, that <laughs> Barra is in and had a question about sam gerard obviously he made the incredibly brave choice to go to the player assistance program uh his statement i thought was very well put as well I, I think when you open when you open up like that you give maybe other people the courage to do it so great job by sam gerard to kind of put himself first but barra wants to know what happens to his cap hit in the meantime um i believe it goes to uh, more or less the equivalent of what you would be if you are on ltir okay so i think that's the spot mm -hmm. that they're in doesn't really leave them much wiggle room because you're thinking at some point that sam gerard is going to yeah. be coming back and um and playing so um at five million bucks he's you know sort of off the cap but but they can't do you know like the Leafs. they can't go spend that five yeah. million bucks because then they're going to need to add him later they can't go spend the money like the leafs are potentially planning to do with john klingberg Correct. potentially missing the rest of the Correct. season which ties into our second one we got a couple of questions about a few different teams edmonton being one of them and uh, buffalo being another in the youtube chat about trades Give me a percent chance that we see a quote significant trade in the month of December. I would say 65%. I like that better than 50-50. I want to see some trades. I want some big, I want some big news to talk about, Frank. Well, I, we're gonna we're working on it. We got a trade targets coming out. First one of the season later this week. So check that on Thursday. Mm -hmm. And uh yeah, teams are active and interested. We'd mentioned Vancouver looking for D, the Toronto Maple Leafs obviously looking for D. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. There's some interest and need. Let's move along to our Botano Daily Bets for the day. The game starts now at botano.ca. I got a couple loaded up for you, so let's jump right into them, starting with a little shot prop parlay. Charlie Coyle, his line is set at one and a half, his last three games. Four shots, four shots, four shots. I love this price. Minus 182, not worth playing straight up. So pair it with Aaron Ekblad. I've hit on him a couple of times now this season. Since he returned to the lineup, he's hit in three of four. And in the games he's hit, 
He's been three plus in all of them as well. He's been throwing a lot of rubber on net. You play these two together, you get it at plus 148. And my straight bet for the night is the over between Boston and Columbus. The Bruins have actually surprisingly been struggling to keep pucks out of their net right now, which is weird. The over is hit in four of their last five. For Columbus, it's hit in three of their last five. So two teams that are still putting up a lot of offense as of late. I like the over six and a half at almost even money in this one between Boston and Columbus, Frank. Not bad. Let's see it. Not bad. Not bad. You had a, you smashed the Jalen Hurts and uh, Josh Allen. Josh Allen TDs. each rushing. They both ended up with two rushing yeah. TDs each, which I think was the first time that happened all year yeah. long between uh, quarterbacks. I hit that bet. Nothing better than when you hit a bet in the first quarter or the first period of a hockey game. It's just like whew, sweat I think free. some I'll Eagles fans were looking at me because I high fived <laughs> you, and I'm like, they're like, why is Bills fan and Eagles fan high fiving after a Bills TD? Yeah. They're like. Is this guy a sus Eagles fan? Uh, let's wrap up the show with a little bit of garbage time. And it is brought to you by Wendy's and our new daily face-off survivor game. Wendy's is letting you win real food with your fantasy teams this year with the Wendy's daily face-off survivor pool. And here's the thing, Frank, you got to build a secret lineup to be good in fantasy. And sometimes it is not serendipitous, it's syrupdipitous. Mm. And that's what the new combo is at Wendy's. It is their new chicken strips and French toast sticks. How about that for a little duo from Wendy's? Their breakfast menu is fantastic. And you can win weekly prizes when you play the Survivor game, like those new chicken strips and French toast sticks from Wendy's. And new Wendy's game app. starts this week. Get your picks in. Get your picks in. Uh, let's wrap up with some, a real a real feel-good moment from the NHL this weekend. Yeah, look, uh, Chris Snow and, and everyone was crushed in the hockey world with his loss, his passing uh, to ALS, uh, just as the season was getting rolling. And it was really nice of the... Colorado Avalanche to invite the Snow family down to Denver for the game against uh, the Flames uh, on Friday night. And and you take a look at really uh, their involvement. Kale McCarr, obviously yeah. a Calgary kid and the connection there. He had two jerseys prepared for both of Chris Snow's kids, Will and Cohen. Nice little uh, message on the back where he signed it as well. And more than that, they also brought uh cohen snow into the locker room to read their lineup card before the game so check this out Anytime you see nice. him with a smile on his face, it warms your heart. The energy was great, too. Yeah. So I love that. And so down the hall in the Flames locker room, they actually had his sister in to uh -huh. read their lineup card. Same night. Really cool. Flames road game in Denver. Obviously, Flames fans first. Mm -hmm. But to see the love they got in Denver was pretty cool.
Speaking of Flames fans, that's where you can see Frank next. He's hopping over to join the boys on Barnmer live on the Flames Nation YouTube. So head over and watch that. In the meantime, that'll do it for a nice in-person edition of Daily Faceoff Live. Jeremiah says we should do it more. I hmm. say maybe we got to negotiate rent because I know there's a spare bedroom upstairs for me. Yeah, I don't know. I got I, I need to dry out for a few days after having you here for five. All right, that is a wrap. Thanks, everyone, who tuned in and was active on the Daily Faceoff YouTube. As always, we'll be back tomorrow at noon Eastern. We'll chat with you then. Thanks for tuning in to Daily Faceoff Live. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all jewelry that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.